Chapter Nine of the Feast of Saint Friend by Arnold Bennett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: The Reaction. A reaction sets in between Christmas and the New Year. It is inevitable, and I should be writing basely if I did not devote to it a full chapter. In those few dark days of inactivity between a fete and the resumption of the implacable daily round. When the weather is usually cynical, and we are paying in our tissues the fair price of excess, we see life and the world in a grey and sinister light, which we imagine to be the only true light. Take the case of the average successful man of thirty-five. What is he thinking as he lounges about on the day after Christmas? His thoughts probably run thus. Even if I live to a good old age, which is improbable, as many years lie behind me as before me, I have lived half my life, and perhaps more than half my life. I have realized part of my worldly ambition. I have made many good resolutions, and kept one or two of them in a more or less imperfect manner. I cannot, as a common-sense person, hope to keep a larger proportion of good resolutions in the future than i have kept in the past i have tried to understand and sympathize with my fellow-creatures and though i have not entirely failed to do so i have nearly failed i am not happy and i am not content and if after all these years i am neither happy nor content what chance is there of my being happy and content in the second half of my life the realization of part of my worldly ambition has not made me any happier and therefore it is unlikely that the realization of the whole of my ambition will make me any happier my strength cannot improve it can only weaken and my health likewise i in my turn am coming to believe what as a youth i rejected with disdain namely that happiness is what one is not and content is what one has not why then should i go on striving after the impossible why should i not let things slide thus reflects the average successful man and there is not one of us successful or unsuccessful ambitious or unambitious whose reflections have not often led him to a conclusion equally dissatisfied. Why should I or anybody pretend that this is not so? And yet, in the very moment of his discouragement and of his blackest vision of things, that man knows quite well that he will go on striving. He knows that his instinct to strive will be stronger than his genuine conviction that the desired end cannot be achieved. Positive though he may be that a worldly ambition realised will produce the same dissatisfaction as Dead Sea fruit in the mouth, he will still continue to struggle. Now you cannot argue against facts, and this is a fact. It must be accepted. Conduct must be adjusted to it the struggle being inevitable it must be carried through as well as it can be carried through it will not end brilliantly but precautions can be taken against it ending disgracefully 
these precautions consist in the devising of a plan of campaign and the plan of campaign is defined by a series of resolutions which resolutions are generally made at or immediately before the beginning of a new year without these the struggle would be formless confused blind and even more futile than it is with them organized effort is bound to be less ineffective than unorganized effort a worldly ambition can be frequently is realized but an ideal cannot be attained if it could it would not be an ideal the virtue of an ideal is its unattainability it seems when it is first formed just as attainable as a worldly ambition which indeed is often schemed as a means to it after twenty-four hours the ideal is all but attained after forty-eight it is a little farther off after a week it has receded still further after a month it is far away and towards the end of a year even the keen eye of hope has almost lost sight of it it is definitely withdrawn from the practical sphere and then such is the divine obstinacy of humanity the turn of the year gives us an excuse for starting afresh and forming a new ideal and forgetting our shame in yet another organized effort such is the annual circle of the ideal the effort the failure and the shame a rather pitiful history it may appear and yet it is also rather a splendid history for the failure and the shame are due to the splendour of our ideal and to the audacity of our faith in ourselves it is only in comparison with our ideal that we have fallen low we are higher in our failure and our shame than we should have been if we had not attempted to rise there are those who will say at any rate we might moderate somewhat the splendour of our ideal and the audacity of our self-conceit so that there should be a less grotesque disparity between the aim and the achievement surely such moderation would be more in accord with common sense surely it would lessen the spiritual fatigue and disappointment caused by sterile endeavour it would but just try to moderate the ideal and the self-conceit and you will find in spite of all your sad experiences that you cannot if there is the stuff of a man in you you simply cannot the truth is that in the supreme things a man does not act under the rules of earthly common sense he transcends them because there is a quality in him which compels him to do so common sense may persuade him to attempt to keep down the ideal and self-conceit may pretend to agree but all the time self-conceit will be whispering i can go one better than that and lo the ideal is furtively raised again a man really has little scientific control over the height of his ideal and the intensity of his belief in himself he is born with them as he is born with a certain pulse and a certain reflex action he can neglect the ideal so that it almost dissolves but he cannot change its height 
he can maim his belief in himself by persistent abandonment to folly but he cannot lower its flame by an effort of the will as he might lower the flame of a gas by a calculated turn of the hand in the secret and inmost constitution of humanity it is ordained that the disparity between the aim and the achievement shall seem grotesque it is ordained that there shall be an enormous fuss about pretty nearly nothing it is ordained that the mountain shall bring forth a mouse but it is also ordained that men shall go blithely on just the same ignoring in practice the ridiculousness which they admit in theory and drawing renewed hope and conceit from some magic exhaustless source and this is the whole philosophy of the new year's resolution End of chapter 9